country music. I love country music. Country music. Country music. Country. Future country music's looking good. I love it. Country confidential. I would tell her to just stay true to who you are. Like it's the it's the thing that I was talking about about the trends and all of that. Like that is going to come around, and some of your best songs are going to come out of heartbreak. Country music dreamer Tennille Arts is what country music is all about. The Saskatchewan-born star has cut her chops in the country scene for over a decade and is making an impact. Steadfast in staying true to herself, she is on a mission to make music for real people that's coming straight out of her journal. We sat down with the powerhouse to chat about her number one song, her relationship with her mom, and what it means to be a woman in country music. Country Confidential. Um, I want to know, how is your crafting going? What are you currently working on right now? Um, There's nothing like super in the works right now. I actually just was on tour with Lee Bryce up in Canada. So I made a giveaway guitar for that, dazzled the whole thing. You know, so that was my crafting um, <laughs> for the last month. Uh, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do next. You know, there's always something. <laughs> I love it. So why is it so important for you to have kind of an outlet outside of music? I mean, it's just kind of like a mindless activity. You know, I'm, everything kind of comes back to music in the sense that, you know, most of the things are things that I'm giving away or whatever. But um, for me, it's like, that's the time where I get to like put on the office and sit there and just like do something completely mindless, not music related, you know, hopefully get my mind off of things for a little bit. And yeah, it's just, it's always kind of been a thing. My mom was super crafty growing up. And so, yeah, it's just a thing. <laughs> I love it. I'm the same way. Like I usually work and like have law and order binge marathons in the mm -hmm. background. So I'm like, oh my God, I just watched 10 hours of Horrible, horrible things. So at least yours is like the office and a little more burden. <laughs> I love it. But you grew up in Canada. So I feel like not a lot of people realize that the Canadian country scene is really flourishing up there. So, you know, what were you listening to growing up? What kind of lit that spark for you uh, as a little girl? Well, growing up, I, I honestly just listened to the radio constantly. My mom always had the radio on, like she still does. Like every time I'm home, it's like, that's just always playing in the background. So, you know, I just grew up listening to music and singing along. And um, I would stand in the mirror when I was really little and make up songs and do little dances and stuff like that. So it just kind of came naturally. And, um, you know, I was listening to, one of my earliest memories is Shania Twain and obviously being from Canada. I, it's like, it's funny because we didn't even really realize, oh, these people were Canadian. These people were American or wherever they were from. It was just what we listened to on the radio. So um, yeah, it was Faith Hill, um, Shania, uh, Martina McBride, you know, just all of these like really big powerhouse singers and, so I would always try to sing along with them. And then on the pop side, Kelly Clarkson, I was like the biggest Kelly Clarkson fan. <laughs> I love it. Didn't, didn't you just recently meet her or wasn't there some kind of encounter with Kelly? Um, I was on her show, but it was during um, COVID. So I actually didn't get to meet her. 
Um, oh, but I forgot to mention Leanne Rhymes, who is like one of my biggest um, influences. And uh, I've been singing her song Blue since I was 11 years old and um, just recently got to meet her. And now she's being featured on one of my songs. We got to sing together at the opera, like, or the Ryman. Um, there's just so many crazy, like, full circle moments happening right now. I love that. So, I mean, I love that you love Leanne Rhymes. She Blue was my first album that I ever purchased with my own money. I still have it. And I remember wanting to be able to yodel like she did on that album. And obviously it did not come to fruition, but kind of talk to me about, you know what I mean? The impact she's had on your career and then how this, you know what I mean? Amazing collab even kind of happened. So, I mean, yeah, just growing up, I, I started singing when I was like eight years old. And, but I was training classically okay. and, but I still obviously loved country music. So one day my mom gave me a cassette of blue and she was like, you should try to learn this. And she's always sending me song like covers and stuff, even to this day. Um, but so I went into our basement and I was in our laundry room and I just, I put it in the cassette player and I played it over and over and over again until I could do the little yodel. And then I, I competed with that song at like so many talent competitions. And, um, you know, I remember one day I was practicing and my grandparents came over and uh, my grandpa was, was a huge fan of like old classic um, country. And they thought it was the radio and it was me singing. And I was like, that is so cool. Like they thought that I was good enough to be on the radio. and. Um, so that was like the start of it. And then just recently, as Leanne has, has started to put out more new music, um, I just, you know, reached out to her and said, I have this song and I really would love to have your voice on it. And she had been working with the producer that I recorded the song with. So all of these things just kind of fell into place. And um, then one night when she was playing the Ryman, she was like, come on out, um, love to say hi. And honestly, I didn't think we were going to sing anything. I thought I was just coming to say hi. And then, cause I had a really early flight the next morning. So I was like, I can only stay for a few songs. And she was like, well, can you stay until like the third song and sing blue with me? <laughs> and my mind was like blown. I think I cried honestly for like the next two hours <laughs> before uh, we hit the stage. and. Um, so that happened and then, yeah, she wanted to put her voice on, on my song, Jealous of Myself. And it, it's just wild. I don't know how any of this stuff ever happens. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But I love that it happened to you because I feel like both of your voices really kind of embody this women movement that is happening in Nashville. But I know that you moved to Nashville at like a really young age. What was kind of the purpose of that? I, I mean, I feel like we're, we're the same age. So I feel like back then Nashville was really pushing this idea of like girls. Did you mm -hmm. feel this? Did you feel similarly? Is that why you felt like you had to be in Nashville at such a young age? Um, honestly, I, I was more looking at Shania. I wasn't really looking at some of the young, I mean, obviously Taylor Swift and all that. Like I knew that those people were there, but just as far as looking at a Canadian that went down there, um, seeing how she kind of started her career really in Nashville. I mean, I know everybody knew her in Canada, but it was like, she really, you know, she was signed here. She was doing everything here. So I looked at that and I was like, that's really interesting. I really want to go. And I started putting up 
covers on YouTube when I was like 14, 15 years old, right when I started to learn guitar. And um, a manager in Nashville found me on my YouTube channel and was like, I want to bring you to Nashville and put you in this duo. And we're going to go play for a bunch of um, labels and all this stuff. And I was like, okay, you know, like I'll figure it out. They literally called my house phone. Like, I don't know how they found my house phone number, but um, yeah, my mom answered and my dad was a little like, oh, I don't know about this, you know, but uh, my mom and I came here when I was 15 and I was in that duo for a couple of years and then decided that wasn't really like the music vibe that I was going for. Yeah, yeah. And um, so I went back to Canada and uh, finished out high school and then, you know, just kind of saved up and was going back and forth still and moved here officially when I was 21 and I signed a publishing deal. So that's how I got here. <laughs> I love that. What do you think you learned in kind of dabbling your feet, going back and then coming back? Do you feel like you, your mindset had changed at all? Your vision had changed at all? Um, I learned that I needed to stay true to who I was. Otherwise I wasn't going to enjoy this at all. <laughs> um, it kind of took me a minute. Like I, there were moments where I was like, is this what I want? Because I mean, we came here and it was just so completely different. And I, I was working with people that, you know, I don't, I don't want to say anything bad about anybody but it was just not a great environment for a 15 year old to be in and so when I finally stood up for myself it was like a really great feeling but it took me a minute to come back to like loving music again and then when I moved here it was like I guess it's so easy to like chase the trends whatever you hear on the radio um and there was a lot of music that was out at that time that was just not me. And I was like, do I follow that? Or do I continue making the music that I love and hope that like that trend comes around and then I'm ahead of it, you know? Cause if you're trying to ch chase a trend you're always going to be a few steps behind, you know? Um, so yeah, I just, the biggest thing that I learned was to stay true to who I, was and and just continue to make music that I love because I'm gonna have to sing this music for the rest of my life if this works out you know so no I love it so I mean even after you came back down had that pub deal was there ever a time where you were like you know I'm gonna move back home and have a much less stressful career were there moments like that no and moving home was never like even a thought in my mind it was always just I mean, I didn't have friends for like two years that I lived here. It was like, I was such a lonely little, I was just writing like sometimes twice a day. And yeah, I had like co-writers that, um, I, I wouldn't even call them friends though. Cause I didn't hang out with them after a writing session, but I, but I knew them and I had that social interaction while I was writing, but then I would go home and it was pretty lonely in my apartment, but, um, I still have a really great group of friends, uh, back home. Like there's 12 of us in a group chat that we've, we've like stayed friends for, um, all these years. So I like some of them I've known since kindergarten. So it's, uh, it's really special to like have that, that, that kind of kept me going. And then of course, just, you know, my mom would come to visit and my family would come to visit, like that kind of stuff made it 
feel okay. <laughs> I love that. So I feel like a lot of people, and we still have people reach out to us, like not knowing that a pub deal is an actual thing. So were you kind of the same way? Like you were aloof to the fact that you could get paid to write songs? Like what is a pub deal? You know, for people that aren't really aware. Yeah. It's like, you're not really getting like paid to write songs, I guess. It's like, you're getting an advance every month to, you know, you don't have to write every day if you don't want to, you have to meet like a certain amount of songs per year, but, um, you don't, it's like, it's kind of an advance to go out and try to be creative. And, um, for me, I honestly, I was a pretty young writer to get a publishing deal and it was an independent company. And honestly, uh, they, they took a chance on me because I don't know who signs a 21 year old, but, um, yeah, it's, it's just this thing where you get to write songs every day and get paid a small amount every month and hopefully make your rent and, <laughs> and uh, go play some writer's rounds and meet people and network and all of that. So I was fortunate enough to have that come into my life where I could actually afford to live in Nashville and start this, you know? Yeah, I know. I feel like a lot of people don't realize that that's a thing or it's not like the end all be all. It's really just a stepping stone, but I love that you keep on bringing up your mother. Um, Talk to me about your relationship with your mom. I know me now, you know, late 20s, early 30s. It's much better than it was when I was 15 or even 21. So kind of talk to me about your relationship with your mom and how she's, I mean, obviously she still sends you stuff. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, my mom and I, she just was always helping me chase my dreams. You know, my dad um, worked two jobs, basically. He, he um worked for our power company and then also was farming. So my dad was like always working and my mom was a stay at home mom and all of my siblings were in sports and music and like doing all of these things. And my mom really made a point to like help me pursue this because I think she saw, you know, the moments where I didn't see it in myself, she always saw it. And ooh, I'm gonna get emotional. It's okay, <laughs> it's okay. I get it. Um, but yeah, I mean, she's just, she's always been a huge part of driving me. I remember we drove like six and a half hours to some small town so that I could sing one song in a talent competition. Like there were just so many moments that I'm like, why is she doing this? You know, like what if I screw up and we wasted all this time or whatever. Um, but she's always been by my side and always been super supportive and obviously kind of had to fill that like momager role in the early days. Yeah. Um, and so now I feel like, well, let me go back to like being 15 because I was not a good child. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was a pain in the ass. <laughs> oh, I was tough to deal with. I will give my mom that. I mean, I, it, it was bad at times, but she always stuck by me. And it was like, the moment I moved away, I was just like, oh my God. Like I had no idea how much my mom really was like there for me constantly. Everybody in my family, you know, my family were very tight. And yeah, that was kind of like a moment of, oh my God, I need my mom. <laughs> um, but then like, once I got uh, management and things started to kind of, go along I feel like she kind of got to take um 
you know, just a breath of fresh air and be like, okay, I know she's in good hands and I can just like go be mom and, um, you know, send her songs or send me song ideas or whatever. Like she's, she's just kind of there enjoying, you know, what she helped create. And uh, she talks to my manager probably more than I do. <laughs> they're just like, they're always talking and keeping, you know, my manager's keeping her in the loop on all the things. And yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a great relationship now if she just gets to kind of enjoy what she helped, you know, make happen. And now she's a grandma too. So that's really, it's really fun seeing <laughs> so her with fun. the grandbabies. Yeah. <laughs> so fun. I know. I don't have children yet, but my my parents and my mom is a great aunt. She has four great nieces and nephews. And it's just so fun to like watch them. But I know you have a song for your mom. I mean, this is your second song for your mom, Mama's Eyes Coming Out. First of all, um, the cover art for that is adorable. It might be my favorite thing ever that like late nineties fashion is just so iconic. But why did you feel like this song was necessary? So, you know, over the last couple of years, I went through some like just tough things that as a woman in the industry, you know, feeling like I wasn't protected as an artist in a lot of situations, you know, business-wise and, and personally, um, my mom was just always the one that I would call. And she was always the one like, you know, just stick it out, you know? These six months are gonna feel long, but it's gonna be okay. You're gonna get to release music again. It's gonna be fine. Um, and so this song, I know it's called Mama's Eyes, but I don't think anybody's really heard what this song is really about, but it's like, I wish I could see myself through my mama's eyes. So, so yeah. <laughs> That's so sweet. I mean, I get it. I'm, you know, I mean, it's so funny. I went from like slamming my door in my mom's face at 15 to <laughs> calling her probably now 15 times a day over <laughs> every little win I have or loss. So I love that you are able to kind of speak to that um, because all of us, I mean, now being the age we are, it's like, I want my mom all the time. <laughs> yeah. And like, honestly, I'm, I'm waiting. Cause I I'm like, my dad needs a song too, because he's like so amazing. What about I, just, like, <laughs> I keep like trying to think of like how I want to word that. And eventually it'll come, you know, someday, but I just have great parents and I'm very, very lucky. I love it. I love that you have great parents. I just took my parents to the Luke Combs concert over the weekend. And that was absolutely hilarious. Uh, but I mean, I have been a fan of yours from, from the jump and I really feel like there's this new kind of self-confidence in your writing, in your music. Um, do you feel the same way? Oh yeah. Um, this is my favorite music that I have really? ever written ever. I mean, I like, and this sounds like super weird, but like, I am currently listening to my own album like I love uh, the, that <laughs> it, it, it's done the writing is done some of the um demos and, and stuff we haven't quite like recorded the actual versions yet but like I am obsessed with everything and just I just feel like the people that I was writing with they just totally got it and understood the new kind of direction that I wanted to go with some of it and it's I've been more involved than ever in like every single piece of this music and it's super exciting. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I'm like 
thrilled. I'm super excited about this, but I remember we reading somewhere or hearing somewhere, maybe it was on your social media. Oh, it was, I think your stories, you were talking about how you don't listen to other music while you're writing. Is this confirmed? Like you don't, you want to just be in your zone? Yeah. I like for the last, I would say six months, I have really not listened to music. And, and it's, it's kind of hard to do because I will like every once in a while have the radio on. So I'm, I kind of know what's going on, but it's not, um, I don't go and listen to people's newest records. I don't do any of that until I'm done my creative process because I get so concerned that I'm going to like, not copy, but like have that in my head and it will influence what I'm trying to do. So I just try to completely block that out when I'm getting ready I'm watching tv shows or something because I just don't want any of that in my head and I also get a lot of ideas from tv and books and you know movies and all of that so I try to focus on that during the creative time but then like as soon as I'm done as soon as I decided I was done writing I was diving into so many records and it, it's been awesome I'm like there's really good stuff out there right who was the first one that you were like, okay, like this one's been on my mind. I'm going to go listen to it right now. Um, Louis Capaldi. Oh, I, saw I'm him obsessed with him. I am so obsessed with, I mean, he's a comedian and an artist basically. Um, but that was kind of some of the first stuff that I dove into. Uh, the 1975, obviously went back and listened to more Taylor, some of the newer, like unreleased stuff. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think. I know that there's more than that, but it's, yeah, I, I've been really enjoying listening to that stuff now. Oh my gosh. Louis Capaldi is like my favorite person to follow on TikTok. It's literally give that man his own TV show. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. And then that music video with the dog, I bawled my eyes out. Same. Oh my gosh. Like I, it's kind of a random video to go with yeah. that song. Yeah. But I was just, blown away by how emotional and like how quickly they got that whole story across in like three minutes. It was yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, I am manifesting a Tennille Lewis collab <laughs> because I feel like my entire being would like blow up. <laughs> oh It'd be so cool. That so would awesome. be so cool. But I think another one of my favorite things about you is that you are so steadfastly true to yourself with your music. And I feel like country music is now starting to recognize women instead of girls. Um, I feel like there's this whole new chapter of women on the scene who are allowing you know people my age to be to feel really comfortable and heard in their music. Is that your goal with your next project as well? Oh, definitely. There's a lot of songs on here that are like relationship based that are things you could never talk about as a 15 year old. It's just a mature um, view on relationships, I guess. And so that's kind of what I've been trying to do. And, you know, I always like to have a song in there about friends and uh, about giving advice. There, There's just kind of all of these different things that I think people are realizing as a listener, we don't want the fluff. We yeah. want to listen mm -hmm. to real stuff and know that other people are going through that same thing 
and it can be fun. It doesn't all have to be, you know, depressing, but it's just knowing that an artist that you look up to is going through the same stuff that you're going through. It's nobody's immune to that just because you're an artist or, you know, whoever you are, it's like, however much money you have, it, it doesn't matter. Everybody's your problems are still problems and they still affect your life. So that's, I love that. <laughs> but I feel like not saying that we're old, but I feel like you, me in high school in elementary school, when I like really started to first love country music, I feel like there were only a couple of things women could talk about in country music. There was like kind of this template. It was like, Oh, I wish you would kiss me or, Oh, don't kiss me or murder ballads, which I mean, I love, but yeah. <laughs> I love a good old like murder ballad. Let's go like a goodbye Earl. But I love that, you know, I mean, there's this kind of more mature step for women. So thank you for doing that. But on a lighter note, can we talk about touring with Dirks Bentley? Um, I feel like that man is such a prankster. Is it true? Well, I toured with Lee. Lee Bryce. Oh, with Lee. I'm so sorry. Um, we'll cut that out. But yeah, talk to me about touring with Lee Bryce. I've heard that man uh, is interesting and sweet. So talk to me about being on that tour and what that means for you. He is so awesome. We had such a blast. This was my first time touring in Canada in like six years. So it, yeah, I mean, I had had so many songs released since the last time I had performed up there. So I had a blast. Um, Lee was so sweet. Uh, he actually, the last night of the tour, so I pranked him, but he okay, also yeah. um, <laughs> kind of pranked me, but in like a gift giving way. <laughs> um, he came into my dressing room, like someone was like, oh, Lee's looking for you. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, and I got to actually sing with him every night, uh, the song that he does with Carly Pierce. So that was super cool. So we always got to hang out after the show. I was always hanging around and um so he comes into my dressing room and he hands me a bag of mcdonald's and i was like oh thank you like i love mcdonald's like their fries are my favorite and i like set it down and gave him a big hug and all this and then he's like you should look what what i got you like i i got a bunch of stuff in there and i was like oh okay so i like pull it up and he gifted me um an ipad a speaker um headphones like all of this stuff and it was all like shoved into the mcdonald's bag i was like you got me i was like i will take the mcdonald's okay that's all that i need um but then also on the last night of tour so after that when i came out to sing with him i was because it was called the beer drinking opportunity tour so i came out in a, like like a halloween costume like beer <laughs> cup <laughs> with beer goggles on and then gave him one of those hats that has like the beer um uh -huh. you can drink so yeah we kind of had we had some some fun on that tour it was it was great oh my gosh I you know we got to meet him last year at Country Thunder and literally one of the funniest guys ever we were holding like a really tiny microphone he's like I love your tiny microphone I think I need one of those <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, he's great. I love it. Well, a lot of people know you for your big number one, somebody like that. So think back to little 15-year-old Tennille who kind of moved to town to be in a duo, which I didn't know. So I love that little nugget of information to kind of now knowing that you were a part of really this really big movement in country music. What would you tell her if you could look back? I would tell her to just 
stay true to who you are. Like it's the, it's the thing that I was talking about, about the trends and all of that, like that is going to come around and some of your best songs are going to come out of heartbreak. Like I wrote somebody like that kind of after feeling like I had written all of the breakup songs that I needed to write, you know, and I came into that right. And I was like, I want to write a hopeful song about love, you know, because I don't really feel like there are songs out there that, that tell you, no, you're going to find somebody, but you have to stay true to who you are. And that person will just fit into your life. And, you know, hopefully you have at least one relationship to look up to that is the idea of what a relationship should be like. And yeah, so, I mean, I would look back on my 15 year old self and I would say, you know, keep doing what you're doing and write all the songs that you can, put your feelings into the songs and yeah, just don't go home, <laughs> stay in Nashville. <laughs> go sit at Live Oak instead, I don't know. Yeah. Um, Oh but, my gosh. Okay, wait. Yes. It's oh really my God. I, I really hope you have a live oak story because I'm, I do. Okay. That's where I met my boyfriend that I've been with for four years. And he came Not to the boyfriend. Movie. We've met him multiple times. He's yeah. <laughs> and I met him. And then like, after our first date, I went and shot the music video for somebody like that and invited him and he came. <laughs> And we've been together ever since. You guys are the cutest. I know. I'm so, I was so upset. We like completely missed each other at stagecoach. I was like, oh, oh yeah. man, it was, I mean, the, the grounds of that, I'm sure he told you it was hotter than hot and yeah. it, it was like 80 bazillion football fields. So I was like, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll catch you another time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love a good live Oak love story, but you, to wrap things up here, you mentioned there's a new project what can we expect on it? When can we expect it? What can you tell me without getting into trouble? <laughs> oh goodness. Um, there's a lot of songs. Oh, okay. And I, we're recording all of them. Don't know if all of them will make the project, but that is the plan right now. Um, so more songs than I've ever put out before. Um, a lot of super honest songs. Um, love songs there's some 80s synth in some of this stuff um so some of the songs like it's kind of been a theme to be like you know it's tempo but we're crying in the club so oh okay i've been there <laughs> yeah uh so that's been part of the theme to this record and yeah there's a lot of a lot of really just, I think, interesting topics and ideas that I haven't heard before. And um, so it's, yeah, it's my favorite project so far. I'm very excited. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much. I loved learning a bit more about you. And the fact that you and Tyler met at Live Oak is like cracking me up. <laughs> I can't believe that you mentioned Live Oak. That is so funny. Well, it was funny because I was even going to be like, oh, do I bring up Tyler? Like, I don't know. Like, blah, blah. And so I love that you brought it up. I was like, yes. And the thing that it's Live Oak like makes this even like 10 times funnier. So, well, thank you so much. And hopefully we'll see you out on the road soon. I hope so. Thank you for chatting today. This was awesome. so much awesome. girl talk. <laughs> oh, hey, girl talk is so needed right now. So yeah. awesome. Thanks so much. Enjoy the rest thank of your day. You. Bye. you too. My name is Bobby Dixon, and I am the founder of Backstage Bobby, a country music news outlet that highlights Chicago's country music scene. Follow me on Instagram at Backstage Bobby 
And be sure to subscribe to the Country Confidential podcast to hear more insider info directly from all of your favorite country music artists. Country Confidential. The All Country News Country Confidential podcast is produced by Horseshoe Media. You can submit your artist, organization, or event to us at allcountrynews.com for a chance to be featured. If you loved this episode, please rate and review wherever you're listening. And a huge shout out to our friends Restless Road for recording our incredible theme music for this podcast. 